Hello innovators and explorers. Welcome to another episode of the Web3 podcast. I'm your host Sam Kamari. I am an Amazon best-selling author and a tech startup founder with two exits. These days I work with the Moonstream team. Moonstream.to is the Web3 engine for blockchain-based games. And at Moonstream, we have handled over 2.5 billion dollars in transaction value to this date. I'm here to take you on a journey to explore this land of Web3, which is filled with opportunities so that you can build generational wealth. This is the part two of my podcast with Javier. If you haven't listened to the part one of this podcast, then I highly recommend you to go and listen to episode 24 first. In that episode, Javier and I, we talk about everything to do with the video that was released by Dan Olson called The Line Goes Up. That video got over 5 million views and that video talks about all the limitations that currently exist in Web3 from limitations in Bitcoin, Ethereum, all sorts of different blockchains, NFTs and so on. And what we do in that in the part one of this podcast is go through that some of the points that Dan Olson makes. Some of them are very valid points. And so what we are talking about is the solutions. You know, what are the alternatives? What can we do better? So I would highly recommend you to go and check that episode out and then come back to this episode. And in this episode, I continue the conversation with Javier. Javier is the founder of Valorize app. Valorize app allows you to create a governance token really easily. You can choose a smart contract template and easily launch a token, create airdrop, rewards, and much more. So let's get into it and let's find out from Javier everything about Valorize, how he came up with that. Last thing, DAOs. And this is what you're building. This is what you're working on. Tell me everything about Valorize. DAO and how it works and who should use it and all that. Yeah. So, right. So I'm working on Valorized DAO and what we're doing is, you know, we're, we're interested in this problem of social coordination and how we can actually create better incentives so people can achieve more things together. Right. So, so we've seen the rise of, of these organizations that are internet native that they release they release a token to to sort of coordinate and so they can vote on different things with all its problems right the problem that were brought up in the video is that like now you have financial incentives and you can steal things or you can you can buy votes and all these things and these are real problems but on the on the upside you have this kind of this internet native and and sort of coordination layer and sort of incentive structure that you can program however you want to to basically allow people to come to a consensus quicker, right? So yeah. what we're doing is is creating creating a governance token launching platform, so anyone can sort of design these incentive mechanisms and and do so without having to hire a developer and write any code. Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. Oh, that's that's amazing. You know, some other things with the DAO. Like I always have this question that you know how I see as DAO as 
as governance mapped onto maths in a way that that it's not swayed by sort of human emotions or the loudest voice in a boardroom, but the maths determines who gets how many votes and all that sort of things and and in a, in a permissionless sort of an environment. But then you know how organizations are run by humans and they have to be flexible to human needs and changing environments. How would it work in the DAO and the governance DAO model and all that? Yeah. So, I mean, that is, that is the question, right? Like you basically can create different sort of, you know, you do seed control when you, when you give execution rights away from humans and, and there is ways to game to game that system. And that is kind of the problem space that we're trying to, that we're trying to tackle yeah. and valorize it, right? How do you create incentive structures so that, you know, uh, a malicious entity can't buy out all the votes of a community, which is kind of like one of the biggest issues that is plaguing DAOs or maybe it hasn't played out, but it's, it's sort of lurking that it could possibly play out in the yeah. near future. Yeah. So. So yeah, so there, so there are different ways. First of all, like you have to decide what are the, what are the parameters that you can play with, right? Like for, so for example, you might, you might put a limit to how much one particular vote can spend at a time. And, and, you know, you can put sort of on-chain time locking mechanisms between, between these, these moments, you know, for example, for issuing new tokens, for, for spending funds, for directing some of these funds, you know, you can put sort of guardrails in it, but you do have to decide ahead of time, what is, what can people actually vote and what do they actually have to do the members of the DAO have agency towards controlling and and how often do they have the right to to sort of yeah. change it and so we're developing we're developing the right what are the right sort of models to think about this right we're in particular we're we're talking we're worried about governance tokens so so yeah. for example one parameter that we can that we can change is is how we're gonna how we're gonna price the 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 service right yeah. but we cannot we we also need it to be flexible for market demand and for, you know, and because we're using cryptocurrency, you know, which cryptocurrency we're going to be accepting, are we going to be using our own governance token to do it? And these are all decisions yeah. that, that make sense to have sort of like a strong opinion from, from the people that are, that are contributing it. the most. Yes. Yeah. 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 But also have. You know, when you're able to crowdsource a decision like that, then you're able to reach much more sort of broader consensus. You know, we there is a, there is a wisdom of, of the crowd that you can that you can tap into when you're rolling things this way. And so and so that is the question, right? What are the parameters that should be you know given and without getting bogged down by this sort of paralysis by committee where everything is a vote? And, and you're not able to move forward. Yeah. So, so a lot of the solution is delegating the votes to someone, right. Which is kind of yeah. like a board in a company electing an executive that is going to be able to make those decisions. And then what are the parameters? What are the conditions under which that right to, to make those decisions can be revoked and, yeah. and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I am going to ask you one last question that is, and that do you have any ask, but before that, I have one comment that I wanted to share about this whole blockchain, crypto, web three, all these sort of things. And that is that, I don't know if anyone even remembers the world 
pre-databases or pre-relational databases and how they completely change the world. Everything we look at, all the data is stored currently in relational databases somewhere on some server farm somewhere in the world. Without that, it was incredibly hard to access data because back in those days, there were tapes and there used to be heads that move around in the tape. And then if you have empty sectors and it, it would need a lot more mechanical moving around to read. So that's if you delete and add stuff. So that's when relational databases and came out and stuff. This is pre-solid state drives and all that. So um, they completely changed how data was stored and that allowed us to store so much more data um, in, in a centralized form, but it allowed that. And, and that completely changed the way we use computers, how we store data. And the same thing is happening with blockchain. It is just in a way, you can say a new way to store data. And whenever this sort of innovations at this magnitude happen, they completely change how we use technology and, and it is going to change how we use. We have a choice to sit at the sidelines and, and view it, or we can be like you who takes part and creates that future that is more equitable and more inclusive to, to everyone. And it is permissionless. Yeah. So yeah, that's just sort of my view on it. Yeah, no, complete, completely agreed. And, and like I said, the people that are, that are in this space are in it because they see a chance to really affect how the future of this thing is going to play out. Right. Yeah. So instead of just sitting in the sidelines and and criticizing it, they see enough value there to dedicate, you know, a lot of really smart people see a lot of value in there to dedicate their entire lives to, to executing some of the promises that, you know, some of the bold claims that some of the original people have been talking about for a while. Right. And if yeah. a fraction of the, of the bold potential that some people have been, have been talking about since, since the beginning of this thing gets realized, then, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking orders of magnitude improvement with the current system. As it is, today, so. it is. And that's why back in the days I used to say, you know, follow the money. If you want to see how, where the corruption is, where the lobbying is, follow the money. Now, if mm -hmm. you want to see where the world's going. Now, if you want to see where the world is going, where follow the developers, where, what are developers working on? Are they working on layer two? Are they working on web three? Are they working on blockchain? What are they working on? And if you follow the devs, you will get an idea of what the future would look like or what, where the innovation will come from. So yeah, having said that, do you have any ask? Are you looking for anything for Valorize and how do people connect with you, find you, contribute to your project? Yeah, so valorize.app is where you can find the information about it. You can join our discords if you want to contribute. We're we're accepting alpha customers yet. We're still not open to the general public. So, but if you have a community, you have an audience, you have yeah. you, you know, you want to experiment with organization, with incentives, with tokenizing, definitely reach out and we'll help you do that and we'll work with you to so that you do that in the most effective way possible. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll put all the links in the description, wherever this goes. And we will have to have a catch up again to continue to talk about how a <laughs> bit more about Valorize in, in depth. And I'm sure we could talk for hours <laughs> because there's just so much to cover in this space. So much happening. I just feel like there's not enough hours in the day <laughs> to catch up with everything. But look, thank you so much for your time, Javier. Yeah, absolutely. This was great. I'm looking forward to the next one. Cool, cool, good stuff. Thank you once again for tuning in and listening to this episode. Share this podcast episode with a friend 
who you think should know and learn more about Web3. As I mentioned before, I work for Moonstream wherever technology makes Web3-based games more successful. So if you are building a blockchain-based game or if your game has NFT elements, then reach out to me. My DMs are open on LinkedIn, Twitter and, and my podcast website web3pod.xyz or web3pod.xyz. I would love to see your Web3-based game become the next big thing. Thank you once again and have a fantastic day.